Today, I want to tell you all about the best book I've read this year. Welcome to the Productivity Podcast, the show that will supercharge your productivity fast. Get more done with actionable, easy to follow advice and become a Jedi Master of Productivity. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Productivity Podcast. Thank you for tuning into this episode. It is, it is a pleasure, excuse me, to have you listening to this episode. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to, to shoot this episode. Um, first of all, I'm actually recording it slightly differently. I'm using a brand new microphone, not my usual podcasting setup. I'm using a new, um, it's called the Samson, S-A-M-S-O-N, Samson Go Mic. And it's a very small little USB mic that actually clips to the top of your laptop. And I've, I've got it for going traveling next year because I need to continue the podcast on the road. And uh, this is a really small, lightweight uh, kind of recording solution. You don't have to take a whole mic set up with you. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of giving this a little test run today. And it's um, I'm actually sitting on the couch with my laptop in front of me. Got this little mic clipped on. So it's really cool. And um, hopefully the audio sounds good as well. Um, I'm going to talk a lot more about the stuff I'm taking traveling as well. Uh, in the later uh, kind of portion of this year and early next year, I'm going to start doing some videos and things on all my uh, travel packing tactics and things. So yeah, maybe keep an eye out for that as well. But anyway, on to this episode. Today, I wanted to talk all about a book that uh, I just finished reading. And I have to say, it probably is the best book I've read all year. And I came across this book when listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast a couple of weeks ago when uh, Tim Ferriss was interviewing uh, David Heinmeier Hansen, who is one of the co-founders of Basecamp. And uh, David mentioned this book and, um, yeah, it kind of really piqued my interest. So I gave it a go. And, yeah, I've really enjoyed reading it. It really um, spoke to me on a lot of things that I've been thinking about recently and so got a lot out of the book I've written a book summary at top on my website now uh, and it's yeah probably been the best book I've read this year I've read a couple of um, really good books including like Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday I'm a really big fan of Ryan Holiday's writing and his books um, but yeah this one in particular just really got a lot of actionable information out of it and really got me thinking so um, the book is called A Guide to the Good Life and it's written by William Irvine and uh, the book is about um as the kind of name would suggest, it's about how to live a happier, more fulfilling, satisfying life. Now, it draws on Stoic philosophy as kind of the primary means for how you get a good life. It's by following Stoic teaching and Stoic principles. And um, the, I th what uh, William Irvine talks about in the book is that Stoicism kind of gets a bad rap. Um, a lot of people think that Stoics are typically very, like, negative thinkers. They're very, like, emotionless, which he, he addresses those concerns in the book. Those those um, beliefs actually aren't true. Uh, Stoics actually are people who um, are pursuing this state of tranquility, which is where you never experience negative emotion. And you're actually like uh, constantly in this joyful, positive state. That's actually the goal of Stoicism. And so um, I, I'm, I'm not a practicing Stoic, or I don't, I don't claim to have practiced much Stoicism in the past. But um, having now read the book and, and started to experiment with some of the principles, um, I really can see some of these techniques kind of fitting in and, and definitely the beliefs like aligning with how I think and how I want to live my life. So it was it was really really interesting book. Um, I wanted to take today just discuss a few of the key takeaways and, and um, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend you check it out. I've got the summary on my website as well, but uh, yeah, have a read of the summary and and please uh, consider reading the full book because it is fantastic. Um, so a, a couple of key points. I'm looking at the summary now. 
the first thing I want to highlight is is the importance of having some kind of philosophy of life. Um, because the danger, if you don't have any kind of philosophy of life, is that if you if you don't have one, the danger is that you will mislive. And that's the word that um, William Irvine uses: is that you will mislive. Um, what he means is that if you don't have kind of principles or, or values that you use to kind of live your life by, or like an operating system that you use to, to make decisions, that's how kind of Tim Ferriss describes it, then you run the risk of, of living a life where you regret certain decisions or you're unhappy towards the end of your life. So it's important to have a philosophy of life. And, and it's important to note that Stoicism and Stoic philosophy is just one root to, or is just one philosophy you can adopt. There are lots of different philosophies, as well as lots of different religions. Like if you are religious, if you are Christian, Buddhist, uh, Hindu, whatever whatever religion you might follow, that is also a great option. And um, philosophy and religion are very similar and, and in that they give you the principles for living a happy life. So um, there is, this is not, the book is not about saying philosoph- uh, stoicism is the best option. It's just an option, which um, personally really spoke to me. So the book kind of starts, it talks a lot about the rise of Stoicism um, and how in uh, a lot of people would kind of go between different um, schools of philosophy to learn different ways of living. Um, very much like how we have schools and colleges now, you would actually go to a school and study philosophy. And so the book starts off by talking about the schools of philosophy, um, how Stoicism evolved through um, the Greeks and then into Roman. Uh, it was kind of made its way to Rome. And it talks about the famous Roman uh, philosophers as well, like Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Epictetus. And um, and then really part two of the book is where it gets into the nitty gritty, like principles and techniques that you can use. And so a couple of them are, um, for example, using negative visualization as a way of picturing kind of your worst case scenario. And you might be thinking, oh my gosh, why would you ever sit there and practice you know, picturing bad things. Why would you just sit there practicing bad things? How is that supposed to make me happy? And the argument that the the author and Stoics give is that by practicing or, or by visualizing your worst case scenario, you are preparing yourself for bad things to happen because bad things inevitably do happen. You know, people die. Um, you might lose certain things. You might lose money. Your business might fail, whatever it might be. Bad things tend to happen in, in our lives. We can't go through life with everything going our way the whole time. So by practicing ne- negative visualization, you um, you get ready for bad things to happen. And it means that when those bad things happen, you don't dwell on those things. And it's not to say that you can't grieve or you can't experience negative emotion. It's just about, um, by preparing yourself, you you can get into a place where when those bad things happen, you don't dwell on them and you don't kind of get really upset for a prolonged period of time. The negative visualization helps you to move on quicker. The other thing that it helps you to do is actually, and this is something that really spoke to me, was like, um, it helps you to value the things that you already have. And um, William Irvine, the author, argues a lot that one of the reasons so many people are unhappy is because they're constantly pursuing more. We always want more things, more stuff, more. We want the next version of everything, the next phone, whatever it might be. We always want more. And we think if we get more things, if we can have more stuff, that we'll be happy. And often is the case is you get these new things and then you become immune to them. The satisfaction that you get from them kind of wears off. And the key is to then learn to appreciate what you already have, or better, learn to want what you already have, which is kind of an oxymoron, because how can you want something that you already possess? And so by practicing negative visualization and practicing um, 
uh, sort of visualizing your life without certain things, without certain people in your life or without certain possessions, you can appreciate those things more. And so again, this might sound kind of negative, like practicing visualizing bad things, and it's just something you can do in the shower or on your way to work or at night in bed, but it really does help you to appreciate the things you've already had. And in the last few weeks, as I've kind of been practicing some of these ideas, I can genuinely say that when I've, when I've, um, come away from these negative visualizations and then I start using that possession again or I see that person again I really do have a new sense of appreciation for that thing so that's a really powerful technique was negative visualization there's a bunch of other um, techniques discussed in the book I'll kind of go over them a bit quicker but he talks about um, the dichotomy of control which is basically about um, being able to differentiate between what you can and can't control and the idea here is that you shouldn't dwell and you shouldn't worry and you shouldn't lose uh, uh, spend time and energy on things that you can't control it just makes no sense and so um, instead spending your time and energy on things you can control um, so that's a really interesting idea and I'm, I'm really I'm not doing the book justice I'm kind of really summarizing for you here um, another idea discussed is this idea of letting go of the past and, and the present, in fact, and really just focusing on the future, which, um, again, um, can be a bit of an alien concept for people, you know. Um, we all obviously have a lot of happy emotions in the past, but it kind of comes back to the, that idea of you shouldn't dwell on bad things in the past in particular, um, because... In, in line with the last principle, we can't control what's already happened. Those things have happened. We have no control over those things, but we do have control over the future and what is going to happen in the future. So, uh, yeah, the book discusses letting go of the past, not dwelling on, on things in the past, uh, learning from our experiences, sure. Learning from the past is really important, but not dwelling on those things. Um, and then, yeah, uh, certainly like preparing for the future. Another important concept is this idea of self-denial and actually practicing um living in a kind of quote like suffering state where you might for example eat really basic food um and actually going back to tim ferris's podcast this is something i've heard him talk about on a number of occasions where he fasts for a, a period of time or he eats basic food like rice and beans for a period of time as a way of depriving himself of certain pleasures again a bit like the negative visualization the idea here is that when you deprive yourself of these certain things you then develop a new sense of appreciation for things and and really the um the, the kind of quote he gives is like, if you live in a life of luxury, you become almost immune to the satisfaction that can be had from all these different things, and you become insatiable. Your kind of desire becomes impossible to, to cure, and you lose appreciation for the simple things. And so by, by practicing self-denial and depriving yourself of certain luxuries, um, you can develop this new sense of appreciation for your clothes, your food, where you live, and all these different things. And I think the example uh, William Irvine gives in the book is, is Seneca um, would often practice um, poverty by wearing really rugged, rundown clothes, for example. And he would practice uh, living in these bad clothes so that he could appreciate his nice clothes. And also so that he could disconnect himself as well from, from being conscious of what other people think, um, which is another interesting side effect. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few other techniques discussed in the book about practicing stoicism. Um, and, and, and part three of the book kind of goes on to talk about how you can then apply certain these certain principles. There's, there's a lot here. He talks about um, how you can um, 
improve your social relationships and deal with other people how you can deal with criticism insults and like people putting you down and how like uh, how you can use these concepts to to re respond to negative um people putting you down and insults he he discusses how you can deal with grief and losing things how you can deal with anger and overcoming um kind of this this aggression that we can sometimes feel towards other people or in different situations he talks about um how to cultivate personal values and and um in particular like how you should approach see seeking fame because we often a lot of people want to be famous they want to be well respected and be well known in certain communities and the book kind of challenges the idea on is that the right thing to be focusing on uh, it questions luxurious living as i've already said it talks about um surviving when you have very little and actually it talked about going into exile which is something the um stoics genuinely had to deal with was going into exile when they were banished and it talks about um dealing with old age and uh, and death at the end of your life and how you can kind of prepare yourself for these different things and so again like i really want to emphasize a lot of this might sound very negative like how to deal with death and how to deal with grief but in preparing yourself for these like extremes and in preparing yourself for these situations you can actually um dampen their effect when they do happen and um yeah, it's just really interesting, like, how these different techniques that I've already mentioned can actually help you to live a much happier, more fulfilling, satisfying life and, and really pursue that state of tranquility that I mentioned. Um, and then, yeah, part four of the book kind of just kind of brings everything together. It talks about how Stoicism sort of declined um, as religion kind of took over. It talks about... Um, the author gives his take on on stoicism in in terms of how that applies to like a modern modern day individual and um how you can kind of practice it going forward and so yeah i mean i feel like i haven't done the book complete justice but what i will say is like i said before please go and check out the book summary and and consider just downloading the ebook or getting the book and just start reading the first chapter or the introduction uh, the introduction sorry um, when you read the introduction, uh, I think it really might speak to you and in terms of um, the beliefs kind of that he talks about in the book and how it can help you to live a happier, more fulfilling life. So just give the introduction a go. See if it speaks to you. If so, carry on. If not, just feel free to put it down. But um, hopefully you, I have piqued your interest and you are yeah, interested in giving this a go because as I said, it's probably one of the better books that I've read this year. Um, there's some really actionable advice in there and having just practiced some of the principles for a few weeks i'm, I'm certainly noticing like um myself being a bit happier you know just noticing you know being able to differentiate like oh i can't control this like this other person's being annoying i can't control them like i'm just going to do my own thing over here and and just kind of deal with it and it's um it's nice when you let go of these things that you can't control just as a basic example so anyway, I'm rambling now. Um, you can check out the book summary of this, uh, of, of A Guide to the Good Life at paulminers.com slash 55. I'll put the podcast on there as well, but you can read the whole summary there and you can download the PDF as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, as I said, please consider checking out the book because I really enjoyed it. And anyway, I will catch you next time on the Productivity Podcast. My name is Paul Miners, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Productivity Podcast. For me, productivity is a tool for getting more out of life. I believe that if you can be more effective and efficient, not just at work, but in everything that you do, that this, I truly believe, is the pathway to a happier and more fulfilling lifestyle. 
Join me at paulminers.com and sign up to my free email course, The 7-Day Productivity Plan, to learn more about my approach to productivity and how I balance multiple projects, uh, how I use different apps within my productivity system, and how I get more done with less stress. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you could leave me a review. Let me know if you have any questions or what you'd like to learn more about. And who knows, maybe I'll decide to talk about it on the show. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time on The Productivity Podcast.